Welcome to the Pay It Forward podcast. I'm Chris Valentine. That's Chelsea Lee. Chris and Chelsea in the morning. Chelsea, we're going to pay it forward once again with help from our friends at Glenwood State Bank. We love paying it forward in more than just one way. There's many ways we can pay it forward. One is reaching out to our community members and talking about current events and things that are affecting the lives of everybody right now, whether it be here in our backyard or halfway across the country. Right, Chris. And I think, I mean, I I truly do believe that in order for you to have a successful community that each person, it's up to them to do their part, whether it is being kind to someone else or just being aware. And so this topic, we're bringing in a friend of ours. It is Scott Kent, the police chief from the Alexandria Police Department. And we're just talking about some public safety. Scott, this thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate it. Um, this was a really heavy week. It started with Monday um, with the Nashville um, an, an elementary school uh, active shooter. We had a couple incidences, um, one at the Alexander Area High School last week and then the Brandon Evansville School too, just some incidents. And as heartbreaking as those were, and we won't go into all the details, um, I was most impressed after reviewing like the details, the response that was made, the coordinated response, both by the schools, families, community members, neighbors, and of course, our law enforcement working together. Unfortunately, I don't think these school shootings are going to be disappearing right away. It doesn't matter how many laws you throw at something. Um, It is now the leading cause of death for our children, which breaks my heart. The second one is car accidents, but it is something that needs to be talked about. So I I appreciate you coming in and tackling these these tough subjects with us too, just for preparedness. Oh, it's it's, uh, been heavy this week, uh, but, you know, if we could spin it, there's anything to take away from it is we've been doing a lot of good things in our community. Our relationship with uh, District 206 is uh, fantastic currently. We've been training run, hide, fight in our community. We've got a great team of officers that are going out into community. Uh, Chelsea, I think you experienced that uh, at one location with uh, Sergeant Melrose um, and, and what that run, hide, fight yes. looks like. Uh, yes. We've been working hard with the school district to get that trained for faculty and students at the high school and middle school. And uh, we've, we've had a lot of exposure in the schools positively on how to react. And what, that, what we're really doing there is bringing social awareness. Um, it's giving those tools. Our job is public safety and to educate on public safety and how to have people socially aware of their surroundings. And if they haven't went to that limbic brain mindset of what, could I, what would happen, what would I do, how would I react if these situations happened, if people don't ever process that, um, they're never going to react in a crisis situation. So we're hoping that the education component that we do across the community, um, that there's little bits and pieces that are instilled. Um, I don't know that we can say that we can 100% protect our community from bad things happening at any given time, but if we can help protect people in those crisis moments by giving them the education to look at their surroundings, be aware whether it's in church, the grocery store, the school, uh, wherever they're at, uh, to just have some idea what they do in those crises. Well, it's interesting you say that because it's something that people don't think about. You know, everybody just thinks, oh, if I'm in trouble, I'm just going to call 911 and, and they'll take care of it. But like you said earlier, you can't be everywhere at once, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was doing the run, hide, fight, one of the things that I talked about in training, and it's not about a crisis response, but uh, family goes to church almost every Sunday. And when I'm sitting in church, it's not uncommon for me to scan. As I'm listening, um, mm-hmm. scan and look for who may 
be having a heart attack or going down because I've been in church numerous times when we've had people suffer from heart attacks or a stroke or wow. uh, the church is too hot and you have to work through those medical situations. So unfortunately, in that crisis response, I'm a, probably a little too sensitive to when those things can happen. You're so, hypervigilant. Yeah, it's not healthy necessarily. Right, <laughs> um, right. Um, so on the spectrum of being hypervigilant to non-aware, we want to bring community members somewhere in that awareness zone. I sure hope nobody's in the hypervigilant where most law enforcement uh, professionals are and someplace in the middle and not in the completely unaware of your surroundings. Right. You don't want to be living and operating in fear. And the interesting thing with our bodies, uh, chemically, our brains, our bodies don't know the difference between stress and excitement. So sometimes I kind of interchange the two to rewire my brain like, hey, I'm actually just really excited for all this work this week. But it does have this reaction um, and if you are hypervigilant or if you are constantly scanning your surroundings or if you're living in fear, your body is in stress mode all the time and it's it's not toxic. The things that can help is when you actively engage your mind by having that plan. And if something does go wrong, I'm prepared. We're talking with uh, Police Chief Scott Kent from the Alexander Police Department joining us here uh, as we pay it forward once again. Now, when it comes to these lockdowns, uh, Chief, you guys obviously are fully trained. You guys have ongoing training. For the parents that may be listening right now, like, how could you put them at ease a little bit with how you guys are trained and what your response is? What's the process in doing that? Well, here in Alexandria, we work, you know, like I said before, we collaborate and work closely with the school district. We've got a school resource officer at the high school and the middle school. Uh, Those officers are well-trained tactically. They're well-trained for personal communications. They get along in those environments really well. They get to know the students. They get to know the staff. But they also have that protective eye on watching doors, watching entry points. Um, And we work closely with them year-round. What a lot of people don't know is we do trainings when school isn't in session on, on holidays. For instance, MEA weekend, we've been inside of the different schools training with our team, whether it be the SWAT team, uh, sheriff's office and police officers working together to work through how we would tactically um, work through those environments. So we'll do kind of scenarios and role playing. Um, beginning of last school year, uh, we had a multifaceted approach with the police department, fire department, paramedics, uh, North Ambulance, and the school district on a response. So it was a little bigger scale, emergency management teams, um, just to try to put it all together. Uh, will we always? Will we have it figured out 100 percent, 150 percent? I can't guarantee that, but we're not ignoring it and we're working on it and, and doing better. Um, we mentioned before we went on air uh, that things have evolved tremendously from Columbine in 1999. Yes, yep. And uh, I was working as a police officer when that happened and I'm, we've, I've watched the evolution of how we respond to crisis. And it's evolved and changed and I expect that it will continue to evolve and change. And I have to commend our schools around here. I remember there was an incident in Osakis last year Um, Like I said, Brandon Evansville, I really loved the communication from the superintendent afterwards to um, Alexander Area High School is another one that I can think of. The response that they have, how serious they take our our children's safety, their faculty's safety, the way that they communicate within the the policies that they have. Um, Thank goodness there, there haven't been 
any, and I don't want to jinx it, there haven't been any fatalities. It's just their response has been so amazing. So that's reassuring to me in the community. But once again, it is up to each person to do their part. And then as it's communicated with students too, what are things that they can do? If you if you see something, say something. That was something we, we learned about. Especially a lot of these things are going down on social media. If there's something suspicious, report it, flag it. Even if you don't think it's anything, bring it up, say something. And then if you're aware of your surroundings, that's what we had our active shooter training at another uh, job that I work at too. It just brings that awareness of, okay, are we, you know, where are we parking? Do we have proper lighting here and there? Are we locking our doors? Are we smiling, making eye contact with each person that's coming in? All those things could really change the outcome of a potentially serious situation. And another thing people should know is, uh, I didn't know this, there's actually lockdown training in schools. You know, it's much like I remember doing the tornado trainings, yeah. you know, in grade school and in high school growing up, but there's lockdown trainings now too, correct? Um, yeah, with that, that part's evolved too, Chris. It's not so much lockdowns as it is uh, the models we're doing here locally is a model that the whole, that we've taken from Homeland Security, which is run, hide, fight. Mm-hmm. And it's not in, in any particular order, uh, just run, hide, fight flows, but it might be hide, it might be run, it might have to be, and if you're in a horrible situation, you might have to fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're giving classrooms and students and teachers those options because we know in the old model of lockdown, it might be uh, without the ability, uh, teachers and, and students don't want to violate school policies. So if they say you have to lock down, that may be an environment that's extremely unsafe given that situation. And we can't bullet point these situations when they're active in uh whether it be in a manufacturing facility or a school situation, or even here at the radio station, we can't bullet point ahead how you should react when there's a crisis going on. So we want you to have that mindset of, you have the ability to do what's in your best interest at that time. Mm -hmm. And here's three simple things you can do, run, hide, or fight. Right. And working through your work environment, your personal environment, what that looks like is up to you. That's that personal responsibility of putting yourself in there, getting in the mindset of what would I do and how would I react? Yes. And another analogy where um, that Melrose would talk about is, you know, when you're on a plane and the oxygen masks drop, you're taking care of yourself first, not the people around you. And there's some people and that's really, really hard to wrap your head around if something really horrible is, is happening. But you do have to take care of yourself and get out of there first. Um, you know, and then also when law enforcement does show up, the, the do's and do nots, <laughs> um, for example, put your phone down, hands up you know, and, um, and just give them space to do what they need to do. Um, just, I cannot say enough, enough gratitude, Scott, for, for you, the, the police department, all of our law enforcement, all of our emergency personnel, the way that you guys charge so fearlessly into these situations, you do training. You guys just don't willy nilly respond to these calls. You guys train over and over and over again so that when you are under stress, you are able to do the things that you need to do. And uh, just so greatly appreciate that for, for all that you do, because you never know when you go out on a call what the situation is going to be like. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in again, by the way. You're always available, and we love that. You know, if there's ever something that we want to talk about or if uh, the community wants to talk about something, I mean, we're, we're an open book here. So feel free to use us to uh, um, get anything out that you ever need, and uh, we'll hopefully do the same. And that's that's how we like to police our community as well is a high level of transparency. And uh, with transparency comes trust in the community. So you tell the truth and tell what we're working on. Um, not 
everybody asks us. So when somebody asks yeah. us to come and share, we will certainly come and, and jump at the chance to speak with you guys. So thank you for that opportunity. I might be biased, <laughs> but I really do love them there. They do great work. They are easy to talk to. These are these are parents. These are aunts, uncles, grandfathers, grandmothers. I mean, they are they have brothers and sisters too. They're people just like us. They put on that uniform every day. So if you do have questions for them, or maybe you would like to do a training at your workplace or your school, or if there's parents out there that are stressed, give them a call, talk to them, have that conversation. And then I encourage you to take it one step further with Pay It Forward and think about what can I do to contribute to make this world a little bit of a better place. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Please, Chief Scott Kent, once again, thanks for coming in. It's been another Pay It Forward podcast with help from our friends at Glenwood State Bank.